Good morning again, everyone. Morning. Years ago, I went and uh, to a concert at State Theater in New Brunswick. It was the Blind Boys from Alabama. And the lead singer uh, got up before the concert and he said, you know, we're all going to play and sing for you tonight. And when we're done, you're all going to feel better. And I thought, wow, that's pretty presumptuous. But what I hope is, as part of today's message, that as we open scriptures and look at our Savior, that you're all going to feel better. So we have before us um, kind of our series leading up in Advent uh, from John 1. And um, it's a beautiful passage. It's a beautiful portion of scripture. It's one of my favorites. And, you know, last week, Alan, and op <clears throat> Alan opened up for us uh, Jesus as the word. But I'd like to read uh, the first 14 verses or portions of them from uh, John chapter 1. In the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word to us, the scriptures, we just thank you for them and pray that as we see more of your son, Jesus, that we would appreciate him, that we would love him more, and that in doing so, it would change our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, so often when I prepare to speak, I always want to take away. Um, I want to see what's the application for us. Um, and as I kind of implied starting out, today's message is different. In this season of Advent, in this time of celebrating the anticipation, as we focus our thoughts and hearts on the baby born in Bethlehem, the virgin birth, the incarnation of God. I hope that as we consider these things before us today, that, that um, there's not the takeaway so much as the enjoyment of meditating on Christ as the life. And as we're caused 
to meditate on him that we worship. Last week, um, Alan opened the word of God, the eternal word of God to us, the creator of all things. And um, I think that we could ask ourselves the same question that Solomon asked when he was dedicating the temple in 1 Kings chapter 8. Uh, in verse 22, we read, Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven and said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart, who have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him, you spoke with your mouth and with your hand have fulfilled in this day. Now, therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, what you have promised him, saying, you shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your sons pay close attention to their way to walk before me as you have walked before me. Now, therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed, which you have spoken to your servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? The, the eternal, almighty God of the universe dwelling on earth. So in our text today, John 1 and verse 4, that in him was life. That as in him was life, not only was the word life, but that this word, that was life itself, became flesh. We see that beyond our God being the creator of the universe, that he's not detached from his creation. The word of God became a person. God identified with us in our human life, particular, particularly in our weakness. The suffering Christ sharing in our human struggle, life, and this is a quote from uh, John Stott's commentary, life is difficult and life, Jesus took on flesh and in flesh he showed his creation, the glory of God. There is no parallel anywhere else in the world's religions to the sympathetic presence of God in Christ sharing our human struggle with us. Here the gospel speaks with universal relevance for the simple fact is, for the great mass of humanity, life is difficult. Come to me, says Jesus, 
all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There's an author that I like, and um, Julie as well, um, Frederick Bachman. He's a novelist. He touches very much on the human condition. Um, and um, in his newest novel, I was reading it at the airport last Friday, waiting for a flight to Rochester, which I can take the opportunity to say, you see my parents on the screen. So just as an aside, we had a nice visit with my parents and um, they like to be remembered to all of you. My mom has surgery scheduled on Tuesday. She's having a laminectomy. Um, so as I, you know, they pray for you all here. Please pray for her. So that's just as an aside. But that to say, I was in the airport reading Frederick Bachman's um, newest novel. I bought it at the airport. It's called Anxious People. And in it, he writes, we pretend to be good parents when all we really do is provide our kids with food and clothing and tell them off when they put chewing gum they find on the ground in their mouths. We tried keeping tropical fish once and they all died. And we really don't know any more about children than tropical fish. So the responsibility frightens the life out of us each morning. We don't have a plan. We just do our best to get through each, through the day because there will be another one coming along tomorrow. Sometimes it hurts. It really hurts. For no other reason than the fact that our skin doesn't feel like ours. That's just an, an excerpt. And he goes on, he speaks so well to the human condition. And we can relate to those words. These are the people that we rub shoulders with. These are the people that service our food in the restaurant. These are the people that pump gas for us when we're at the gas station, or they work alongside us, or they're us. We can have days when we feel like this, and we have Christ. Scripture says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The world around us, the non-believer, can't do anything but be conformed to, the, to this world. And that's why we need to be reminded of his greatness. We're fortunate. We're the fortunate ones who are in a relationship with the living and loving God. Most of the people around us have no clue. As our scripture this morning said, they walk in darkness. And then again, it's a blessing to rehearse Jesus' words that as we go to him, he will give us rest. Man is in a unique place in God's creation. As God spoke everything into existence in the creation narrative, we see that the Lord God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life in Genesis 2-7. This is our God and our unique position and relationship before him, where he spoke everything else into existence, with man, God actually breathed life into him. In Acts 17, verse 28, scripture says that in him, we live and move and have our being. He is our creator and our sustainer. <clears throat> the gospel of God, John 
actually begins and ends with life. In one chapter one, verse four, we read the gospel saying, in him was life and the life was the light of man. And nearing the end of John's gospel, John writes that the purpose for the gospel is this. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing, by believing, you may have life in his name. So John begins where he said, in him is life. And at the end, it's how we can have life. So perhaps now's a good time that we could ask ourselves this question. What is life? What is life? Well, it's the opposite of death. It's the opposite of destruction. Um, in Ecclesiastes, it says that God has put eternity in the hearts of men. We have that that within us that says that life is more than just here. Charles Williams in his book, Descent into Hell, um, through the story, through the narrative, um, the main character, and I read it years ago, I don't recall his name, but he spent the whole body of, 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 the, of the story, it was a novel, isolating himself from people. He just continually, continually moved away and isolated himself from those that he was with. And at the end, he was climbing a ladder down and down and down into darkness. And at the end, in the darkness, he finally got what he was after. He was alone. No one was there, except for that he lived on and on forever with nothing but his own thoughts. So, so there's eternal life and there's eternal death. There is eternity. And so if we ask ourselves, what is life? In the context of God putting eternity in the hearts of man and Jesus saying, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full and have it abundantly. Um, it's not just ceasing to exist, but the context to Christ being our life. We see that in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's the Father's will to give life through Jesus. In John 6.40, we can read that. where it says, for this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And later on in the same chapter, in verse 63, we read that it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. 
Jesus again said that he came to give abundant life. So we see eternal life as we know it, as we celebrate it, as we talk about it, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. All of the Godhead um, is involved in our having eternal life through Jesus. So what is life? There's not a definition in scripture, but I think what we see through scripture, for instance, when we read that um, portion in, in Ephesians, um, where it says that, um, but God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trans trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. There's not a definition of eternal life in scripture, but what I think we see through the body of scripture, through teaching, is that eternal life is not just the life that lasts forever, but the true life that we have now. Jesus said in uh, John 17 that this is eternal life, that you know me and the Father who sent me. It's the, for us, eternal life is the life that God lives and possesses. Think about that. We're called the sons of God. We sing that hymn, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. This is life when we talk about it. It's the life that God lives and God possesses, and it's offered to us freely in Christ. It happens that it does last forever, but so does eternal death. Eternal life is not about the duration. It's the very essence of living the life intended for the children of God. As Jesus is the life, we see the beauty of his person in things that he did and things that he said about himself. Jesus, <clears throat> what do we need to live? We need light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. There will be more on that next week. It says in Malachi 4, 2, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing and its wings. We need air. Perhaps this is a little bit of a stretch, but um, in John 20, 22, when the Holy Spirit came, it says that Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. We need water. Jesus said to the woman at the well that if she knew who was speaking to her in John 4, that he would give the gift of God which is living water. We need water to live. And Jesus said that he can give that water. And also in John, we need food. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So it's an interesting study to think that in him, we live and move and have our being. In the true spiritual sense, Jesus is all we need. He is our everything. And as Jesus was in the flesh, he showed forth God's glory. And 
as he showed forth God's glory, he manifested it in grace and in truth. The word became flesh, and we have seen his glory, full of grace and truth. In the flesh, life, God incarnate, shows the glory of God. The angels declared at Jesus' birth, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill to men. At Jesus' first miracle, in John chapter 2, at the wedding in Cana, it says this, and this, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. We can think of Hebrews chapter 1, where it says that the son was the express image of the father and that he declared all of the Father's glory incarnate in the flesh, in life here on earth. And the word became flesh, and we have seen his glory. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. So we could study all the Gospels and see that it it really comes full circle, going to the end of John, where I said, and Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in, these bo- in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. As that life, Jesus took on flesh, He was weary when he was at that well with the woman at the well. It says that he was weary. He sat down. He was tired. He was thirsty. He asked for a drink. At Lazarus's tomb, he groaned and he wept. And on the cross, he thirsted again. And he died. And he bled. And after his resurrection, he still had a real body. The word became flesh by miracle of the virgin birth. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And you shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. This word, the word was not a philosophical abstract concept, but a real person who could be seen and touched and heard. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. I'd like to end with this quote. I've read it here before. 
I've written it in my Bible. It's from Dietrich Bonhoeffer in uh, The Cost of Discipleship. <clears throat> Thinking of as in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory, of the, as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow. And it is grace because it calls us to follow Christ. It is costly because it costs a man his life. It is grace because it gives a man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin and grace because it justifies the sinner. Above all, it is costly because it costs God the life of his son. You were bought at a price. And what has cost God much cannot be cheap for us. Above all, it is grace because God did not reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but delivered him up for us. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. Father, we thank you again for the gift of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ that he took on flesh, he became a person, that he lived here on earth and in perfection, suffered and bled and died for our sins so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have the life that you lived as your sons and daughters. Help us to be changed and to live our lives in appreciation of the place that we have as children of the living Almighty God. We pray this in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat>